this is Kelly Francis with the Double Trouble Podcast. The girls are almost nine months now. They will be this week, and things are crazy. It's been a couple weeks since my last podcast. Things have been very hectic for us, and um, we're finally getting a bit of a break. Of course, Thanksgiving and Christmas are going to come before I know it, but um, we just got back from a vacation where we went to a friend's wedding in North Carolina, and my parents stayed with the girls. It was just for two nights. They stayed here at the house with them which was a nice break, but it was very short. <laughs> I wish it could have been longer, but I'll take what I can get. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about what we've been doing over the past couple weeks because it's been busy. Uh, first, we had Halloween, which um, I think I talked a little bit before about what the girls were going to wear. Dan has a gorilla outfit that he wears every year so he dressed up as a gorilla and we got these little bunting outfits that were bananas for the girls so they were basically just a sack that the babies sat in and it had a little face hole for their heads and armholes for the arms um and they were very cute and they got a lot of attention it was very nice um and what we do is we have, our neighborhood has a little parade for the little kids and the volunteer firefighters bring the fire truck down and run the, the siren. And then there's a little party with kids games and stuff. So we went to the little parade and party and it was freezing cold. It was so cold that day. Of course, it was the coldest day and it was super windy. So we had the girls in um, pajamas, fleece pajamas with the, you know, with the, in long sleeve fleece footy pajamas that were white. And then I got these little white winter hats that are all furry um, at a yard sale for like a dollar a piece. They're really cute. Um, so I had them in the hats and the PJs and then put the banana thing on top. Because the banana thing, it's fleece, but it's really, it might not even be fleece, like a felt material. It's pretty lightweight. So I tried to get them as bundled as I could. And then we put them in the stroller and bundled them up in a blanket. And that defeats half the purpose. You can't really see the outfit. But, you know, we did what we did, had to do. <laughs> so anyway, we get down. They, we have a barn in our neighborhood. And that's where they have the party. So we get down to the barn. And Dan's holding uh, Ramsey. Allegra actually fell asleep. So she's, like, conked out in the stroller. And... Um, this little girl, she was probably four or five years old, comes up to Dan, and she looks terrified. And Dan's in full gorilla outfit, got the head on and everything. And her dad's like, oh, look, there's a gorilla. You know, that daddy's dressed up as a gorilla. And he's trying to explain to her, remember we said that Halloween is about pretend? And, and she's kind of like, uh-huh. <laughs> but she looks, like, scared to death. And so he's trying to kind of loosen her up, and he said, um, you see that banana he's holding? And she's like, yeah. He said, do you think that he should eat that banana? And she's like, Daddy, that banana's a baby. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, I can't wait. And we thought the girls were really going to be afraid of him for the same reason. They thought it was hilarious. And we're not really sure why if they could hear Dan's voice so they still knew it was Dan and they, and they don't know to be afraid of gorillas. So I guess I would just assume they'd be afraid because... You know, as a child, I remember being afraid of things like that. But I guess that's after you know what a gorilla is. <laughs> so maybe in a couple of years, we'll have a problem. I just thought that was so funny with that little girl. Um, so we also had daylight savings time. And, you know, everybody talks about, oh, daylight savings time. And their sleep's going to get messed up. And 
I had kind of planned to start shifting them the week before daylight savings so that we really wouldn't have a, a big adjustment. But I forgot. <laughs> and it was like Friday that that weekend. And I realized, oh, no, daylight savings is this weekend. So I just, you know, decided bag it. We'll just see what happens. Well, we went to my mother-in-law's house just for a visit that Saturday night. And she watched the girls while we went out to dinner. So we didn't get back till like, 8 30 or 9 and of course the girls are up and awake and playing because they're in a new place and you know they don't sleep very well when they're not at our house so they were being crazy and up late I mean that's pretty late for them they usually go to bed between 7 and 7 30 so it was pretty crazy and then we have an hour-long drive back from our house or from her house to our house so um they slept in the car but then they were disrupted again when we got them back out of the car. So we had this crazy evening. And then they woke up at the normal time the next day, and we never had any real adjustment period. I mean, I'd say before we were they were waking up between 7 and 7.30, and now they're waking up between 6.30 and 7. But pretty much it's just – it's pretty much been 7 o'clock. And so I'm not really complaining when it's a couple minutes early. Um, and we've been sticking with that. So their bedtime now, what we do is at 7 p.m. we do bath time and then we immediately follow bath time with a bottle and then they immediately go to bed. So um, they're usually in bed by 7.30 and then they wake up at 7. So that's been working really well. Um, so talking about bedtime, what we started doing during the, that last bottle is we – feed them in boppies on our bed. And then we started reading Charlotte's Web to them. So we get through, you know, a couple pages every night while they're drinking their bottles. And it is so funny looking at all this kid stuff, like traditional kid stuff, like Charlotte's Web or watching Disney movies and lots of kid books and stuff. They're all very weird. And some of them are kind of scary and I don't know. I don't remember this stuff. And I guess maybe that's the point is that it goes over the kid's head, but I don't understand why it's in there. And so particularly Charlotte's Web, we got to the part last night where um, Wilbur finds out that they're, that the farmer is going to kill him at Christmas time to eat him. And he's, you know, terrified running around and he's scared and he's crying and you see the little pictures of the pig crying. And I'm like, what are we reading to these children right before bed nonetheless? <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. And we've been watching, we got a whole bunch of Disney movies from my sister-in-law. So we've been watching some Disney movies. And most of them have some really dark, scary characters. And even <laughs> some of the reasons why things are happening, like, you know, the girl wants to go after the prince just because he's the prince. I'm kind of like, well, what's the moral in this story? I don't know. It's, it's funny. But, you know, I watched all this stuff when I was a kid. And I don't remember, you know, having this... Um, overwhelming feeling of I must marry a prince so I don't know I guess it depends how things are presented but it's bizarre um so something else we had a couple weeks ago was something I refer to as Francis Thanksgiving and what it is is my in-laws go to Florida for the winter so they're not here during Thanksgiving and they actually come back for Christmas but they miss Thanksgiving so we have Francis Thanksgiving the first the first weekend of November 
which is really actually convenient because then we can be with my family for Thanksgiving and we don't have to negotiate the holiday or anything. So that's worked out really great. And it's kind of cool because you get like two Thanksgiving celebrations that are separated. So it really is like having an extra holiday in there. Um, so we went over there and we had like the big Thanksgiving meal and there's tons of people and kids. And this year we had a lot more kids than usual because I have um, one, well, I guess it's Dan's side of the family. So Dan has one niece and two nephews. Well, there's, an, and they're old. One, Dan has one niece who's 14 and two nephews who are like 11 and 9. And there was actually an, an, another nephew born about a year ago. So he's been added to the mix, and then our girls have been added to the mix. And then this year, Dan's uncle brought his kids, who are four and one also. So we had all these little kids running around, which was a whole different dynamic. It was really cool. It, like, made everything more fun, I thought. And it also, everybody stayed longer than usual. And I was joking that I think it's because people don't want to have to go home and deal with the kids. But um, I don't know why people stayed longer, but it was kind of neat that, you know, we had, like, a bigger family event because all these kids were involved. So we also gave them, like, Thanksgiving food at Thanksgiving dinner. We did it before dinner, so um, it wasn't, like, a big mess in the middle of trying to eat or anything. But we just gave them a little bit of turkey, a little bit of ham, uh, green beans. I'm not sure what else. Anyway, I just cut it all up into little tiny pieces. And um, I can't remember how we fed it to them. I, I guess we fed it to them on spoons or something. I don't think they just picked it up with their hands because that would have been way too messy. Um, but that that has gotten me into this whole different way of thinking about what to feed them because I'm tired of the baby food and I'm specifically tired of the stage 3 baby food because... They, so many of them are tomato based and it seems like anything I give them with that tomato sauce in it, like the lasagna or anything, or even the, um, the beef stew, those kinds of things, they spit up a lot. They have trouble with it and they don't, either of them seem to really like it. So I had reserved myself back to having just the chicken noodle or the turkey noodle. And it seemed to me like I had one meal I was feeding them every day and it was making me crazy. So I started talking to my sister about what it is she does and started experimenting with things. So now I started giving them more things that they can eat with their fingers. Like um, I cut up apples into little tiny pieces that are, I guess, about the size of a pea. Uh, most things that I cut up, I try to keep about that size. So they like the apples. They'll eat those up. And I've been giving them Campbell's soup and then rinsing like pouring the soup into a strainer and then rinsing it out because a lot of those liquids and stuff have a lot of salt in them and then I just have the chunks left and then it depends upon what kind of soup it is like chicken and stars the chunks are really tiny because the, the stars are pretty much the biggest chunks there are so I'll just spoon feed them that but some of the other ones like I guess you know I've also been trying to get um, sore brand as opposed to Campbell's because it's a little cheaper and that kind of stuff. So I've been messing around with the different kinds. So some of them have bigger chunks than others. And what I did was I used a coffee grinder that I'm not using anymore for coffee and just mush up all the baby food. So it kind of becomes my own stage three baby foods. But they're cheaper and there's a lot more variety this way. So I'm not just giving them the same thing every day. 
And that this, this soup thing was actually my sister's idea. I really like that idea. And then I've also gotten like frozen vegetables and been heating them up in the microwave and cutting them up into teeny tiny pieces. And I started giving them applesauce, like real people applesauce, not the baby food applesauce because they don't need it pureed that way anymore. And it's a lot cheaper. And in like the organic aisle, you can get just all natural applesauce. It doesn't have any sugar added or anything. And then you can also get some of the organic brands do like cherry applesauce and peach applesauce, things like that, that I haven't been able to find those flavored applesauces in the regular aisles without added sugar. But in the organic aisle, you can get it. And then I also started getting those little tiny fruit packs, like Dole makes them, and you can either get them and little plastic packages or little cans that like you'd stick in a kid's lunch for school. And then those, that fruit's pretty big. They're big chunks. So then I'll put that in the coffee grinder and mush it up. And then I mix that with rice cereal and give it to him for breakfast. Or I'll like mush up a banana and mix that with a rice cereal and give it to him for breakfast. So I've got a lot more variety now. I'm much happier with what it is I'm feeding them. So we've also kept going to the swimming class, which has been going really well. We only have one week left, I think, actually. And I'm not sure what to do about that because I think that keeping them in the water and doing this dunking thing and, and splashing them and everything is good as far as keeping them not afraid of the water in the future. But I'm not really sure what to do. We don't have a pool that's close by that we could join. And we could actually take this class again in the spring but I feel a little odd about that. I feel like I don't really need the class anymore, so I don't know why I'd, I want to stick myself to their schedule and everything If since we don't really need the instruction anymore. But I don't know. And my parents have a pool at their condo, but it's only open in the summertime because it's outdoor. So that's not really helping me. I don't know. I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do about that. But the crazy thing is when we started the class, I had them in these swimming suits that my sister got them for when they were really little. They were like two months old, but they were big on them then. I think they were supposed to be for 12 or 16 pound babies. So they started in those and they were too small for them by this fall. So I went out, actually when we were in San Diego, we got them new bathing suits that were size 12 months. They wore them for like two or three weeks and they're way too small, 12 months. These girls are nine months old and they're not giants. <laughs> They just did not fit. So I started looking around. And, of course, it's a terrible time to be trying to buy a bathing suit, especially for a baby. So I found some on eBay, my favorite place, that were brand new, actually. And she had two. It seemed to me like it was somebody who she had a little, little business going where she would buy clearance items and stuff and then try and get a little more money for them on eBay because she'd have, like, a couple of the same outfit in different sizes or whatever. So I got two, there were 18 months, and they're a little big on them, but they're not huge. And I almost wonder if we're not going to be able to use them by next spring. So it's crazy. I'm surprised how quickly they're growing. And we also got them these 12-month coats that have the zip-on bottoms. And they're even a little, they're not small, but they're close. They're snug. They're, they're fitting them well. And I'm worried that we're not going to make it through the whole winter with these coats. Now, when I don't use the zip-on bottoms, it's a lot better. Like, I think we're having issues with the length because I guess the girls are kind of tall. But the coats themselves fit really well. So 
At least maybe we can get away with just using the coats. I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. Okay, so the girls are doing a million new things. I don't know what happened this month. They've been eating their Wheaties or something. Maybe it's the Cheerios. I don't know. <laughs> but Ramsey went from, like, crawling like an army man to crawling hands and knees. She is a champion, and she goes fast, especially when she wants to get into something she's not supposed to get into. Like, um, we've got this big baby room now, and if you um, open the gate up, like, I'll open the gate up. And I'll pick up a legger to take her to eat or something. And I'll say, come on, Ramsey, come on. And she'll giggle and giggle and crawl after me. Well, that worked for like three days. And then she realized, oh, I don't really have to follow her. <laughs> so she'll kind of crawl off to wherever she wants to go. She'll crawl off to our bedroom is very close to where their baby playroom is. Or she'll crawl over to the stairway down to the basement. And we have a gate up there, too. And so she'll grab onto the gate and stand up and then shake it like she wants to get out of jail. It's really funny. <laughs> and then she's also been pulling up, standing up, and cruising around on everything. And it happened so fast. It was like the day that she figured that out, she got onto hands and knees crawling and figured out really how to pull up and stand up. Like a day later, Allegra figured out how to, how to crawl. And she doesn't do the hands and knees yet, but she's like moving around now she doesn't have any trouble getting where she needs to be and she's not nearly as fast as Ramsey because she's not on hands and knees yet but she's fast she can get where she wants to be and she looks different I think she looks kind of like an inchworm like she pushes herself up on her hands and and like rocks forward on her hands and then she'll drop back down on her belly and then she'll do it again over and over and Dan thinks she looks like a walrus which I can see that too okay so along with this it's really funny that I've been noticing that Allegra seems to be following Ramsey in what she does. So like, as a for instance, with this crawling thing. So Ramsey started from this desire to move to finally doing this weird, not really crawling, but crawling thing. And then she moved to the hands and knees. Well, Allegra has been lagging behind. She seems to want to move. She's rolling a lot, but she wasn't getting anywhere. And now she's doing the half crawling thing. And I assume she'll move to hands and knees soon also. And so it's funny how she seems to kind of lag behind, at least on the physical things. So here's the big crazy theory. I wonder if anybody agrees with this or thinks this is completely crazy. Is that my mom has this theory that she does not ovulate in the middle of the month like you're supposed to. And the reason she created this theory was because when she got pregnant with my sisters and I, my dad traveled like a lot. So there were very, very small windows of opportunity when she could have gotten pregnant. And I think on at least two of us, the times when she got pregnant wasn't the middle of the month. It wasn't the right time. So that's her theory to begin with. So then to go along with this theory is that, you know, as we're getting all these ultrasounds during pregnancy and everything, the girls were never exactly in sync. One was a little bigger than the other. And Allegra was always the small one. And so even when they came out, Ramsey was 6 pounds, 10 ounces. Allegra was 5 pounds, 15 ounces. And she was shorter. And like everything on Allegra, she was this teeny tiny baby, which is kind of funny because now she's like the chunky one. But <laughs> she was certainly growth-wise behind Ramsey when they were born. And now she's developmentally a little bit behind Ramsey. And when they came out, she had a lot more trouble eating than Ramsey did. And she's always just kind of been a little bit behind. So the, the big theory is... What if she's actually like two weeks younger? What if I have two ovulation cycles, one in the beginning of the month and one in the end of the month instead of just one in the middle? And so they actually are a couple weeks off. 
Does that sound crazy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My mom actually came up with the, the concept, and at first I thought that just sounds crazy, but the more you think about it, it kind of makes sense, and especially the fraternal twins. I don't know. I could see it. I don't know. Tell me if anybody thinks that that's a loony idea or thinks that's a great idea or a great theory. I don't know. <laughs> Allegra, though, has had a couple of firsts in the past few weeks that uh, Ramsey hasn't had yet. One of which is she got a tooth. So exciting. <laughs> um, right now, it's like just peeking through the surface. You can feel it. It's very sharp. But it's been like two weeks in the making. She started being a little fussy and all of a sudden I could see the gum was swollen and she had a bump and everything. Okay, so I started recording this podcast about a week ago, and I just did not find the time to finish it up, so I'm trying desperately to get it done before Thanksgiving. I'm in here with the babies, so you might hear them squawking. I would bet you will. <laughs> okay, so to finish up with Allegra's tooth thing. So she got her first tooth, and it took her a long time for it to come out, but since that first one came out, now she has her second bottom tooth has really erupted and it actually popped out on Dan's birthday. So we were saying that that was Allegra's birthday present to Dan. And she actually seems swollen in um, a couple other places. She's got little white spots on her two top teeth and one of her other bottom teeth is really swollen. So I'm kind of expecting a whole bunch of them to pop out any day now. About a week after that first one came out, Ramsey, both of her bottom teeth popped. It was, I guess that was the day after Dan's birthday. Both of her bottom teeth came out. So they're both going strong with the teething. But so far, it really hasn't been so bad, knock on wood. We haven't really had many wake-ups or anything in the middle of the night. And, I mean, they're generally fussy. But they're always fussy about something. <laughs> this just happens to be the, the issue of the moment. I've been using a little Orgel and a little Tylenol. But mainly they just want to chew on stuff. So as long as I have stuff for them to chew on. And... Allegra has previously not been that interested in the teething rings that go in the freezer. She'll, she likes the ones that are in the refrigerator, but the freezer ones, I guess, were too cold for her. Well, now all of a sudden, that's, that's what she wants, the freezer ones. So I guess she sees the benefit of the cold now. So that's been cool. And she also has learned how to clap. And it was neat because it kind of happened by herself that when Dan and I went away for the weekend... Before that, I had been working with them a little, singing, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And I would put a kid on my lap and then clap their hands together during that. And Allegra, when we came back from the weekend, Allegra all of a sudden was clapping. She would clap when I'd sing that song. <laughs> and I asked my mom, I'm like, were you working with her? And she was like, no, she was doing that all weekend. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. Something clicked with her, and she figured it out. It's really cool. She, uh, Whenever she gets happy now, she, she'll clap her hands. And that's something that Ramsey doesn't do at all. So Allegra's finally getting some things uh, ahead of Ramsey. And something else she does I wanted to talk about was she gets really interested into tags on like stuffed animals or blankets or whatever. She'll grab the tag and she'll rub it between her fingers and she looks at it like really intently and she does this whining where she'll be like, eh, eh. and she's always looking at a tag when she does that whining. So you'll hear her start whining and you think, what's wrong with her? And 99% of the time she's looking at a tag. It's like her concentration sound. It's very funny. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about 
<clears throat> Ramsey with her Mimics lotion, which is her prescription lotion for the rash. So this crazy thing happened that the company that makes Mimics decided that they weren't going to make it in the same size tube anymore. It used to be 70 milliliters or milligrams or something, and they doubled it to 140, which is great because the tubes always ran out too soon. It was annoying. Apparently, because of that, I need a new prescription, and I don't really understand that, but whatever. So she ordered me the new bottle. So, of course, I, like, I call the pharmacy and say, you know, I'm running out of the tube. I need a new tube. And she was like, oh, well, this crazy thing has happened with the Mimics, so I need to, and it's back-ordered, so it's going to be like a week, which was going to leave me without the Mimics for a couple of days which wasn't so great in the long run because she ended up really breaking out because she didn't have the mimics. But anyway, so she finally gets it in, and I called her, and I'm like, so can I pick this up or what? And she goes, well, I haven't gotten the new prescription from your doctor. And I called them, and they said that they would fax it over, and they haven't faxed it over. So I called the doctor's office, and the doctor's office had screwed something up. So anyway, she ends up calling the doctor's office. They finally get it figured out. It was just kind of annoying, and the whole thing makes me crazy with prescriptions because it's like, I mean, I get it, but... It just frustrates me that it's so complicated to get my daughter some lotion for her eczema rash. I mean, it's just annoying. And on a side note, we just got a letter from our uh, health insurance that said that we do mail-order prescriptions, but I rarely do the mail-order prescriptions because it's annoying and you have to wait to get them, especially for things, you know, like antibiotics or whatever. I'm not doing it. I'm going to the pharmacy. Well, they've changed the deal now so that if... You have a prescription that lasts more than 90 days, like this Mimics or her Zantac or whatever, that you have to use mail order. And if you don't use mail order, you get charged the full price for the prescription. So they're making it impossible to use the pharmacy anymore. And this bugs me a lot. <laughs> Although there's nothing I can do about it. But I just find that really annoying and frustrating that they're like, I really feel like it's like this weird corporate move that they're trying to squeeze out the pharmacists anyway so that's annoying but um on the flip side I think we may have <laughs> eliminated the need for the mimics because while my mom was here my mom's really into like natural remedies and she'd heard something about um, extra virgin olive oil and using that on your skin so she got some and she started using it on Ramsey's rash and that works as good if not better than the mimics would you believe that so he said something to the doctor about it, and he was like, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. He said, but most people don't like their babies to smell like olive oil, so you get a lot of, you know, unhappy parents when you mention things like that to them. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care what it is. If it fixes a rash, especially cheaper than the Mimics, let's go for it. <laughs> and actually, I think the olive oil smells kind of good, <laughs> although it makes me hungry. Okay, so something else um, is that they have gotten so annoying about diaper changes now that you put them down for a diaper change. The first thing they want to do is roll over. The second thing they want to do is stand up. And the last thing they want to do is get their diaper changed. And especially Ramsey just screams and screams like I'm torturing her. I don't even understand it, and I don't know what to do about it other than I'm trying to be more strict, I guess, about she's just not allowed to roll over anymore. She's just not allowed to stand up anymore because it, we're getting to like a dangerous position when she's on the changing table. So I'm hoping if I just stay strict with her, she'll get used to, well, this is the way it is for diaper changes. Uh, we'll see how that works, but that's what I'm hoping will happen. We went to the doctor this week for the nine month checkup and 
Allegra is 22 pounds and 28 and three quarter inches. And Ramsey is 21 pounds and 29 and a half inches. So they're kind of tracking about the same thing, except that their weight has gotten closer to each other. And the interesting thing is that Ramsey used to be, I think, around the 50 percentile for weight, and now she's in like the 75th. So Ramsey's definitely catching up to Allegra. It's not as much as that Allegra's slowing down. Although when you look at them, Allegra's definitely slimming out some. Ramsey's um, chunking up stuff. And I wouldn't say that Ramsey's gotten chunky, but she's definitely filling out. She's not skinny like she used to be. So that was interesting and nothing really too exciting. Oh, except that uh, the doctor said that we can go ahead and try and take her off Zantac. He said that the dosage that she's taking now is really not significant compared to her size. And my friend actually has a baby that has like way, way, way worse acid reflux and is on medicine two levels above Zantac. And they actually went to a, a GI guy and that guy said, that like 94% of babies grow out of their acid reflux by nine months, and then an additional 3% grow out of it by 12 months. So theoretically, she should be growing out of it now anyway. So anyway, so we can just try and stop it and see what happens, and that would be great to get her off medicine and reduce another prescription bill, and so I'm hoping that works. Oh, and my doctor like totally rocks. They called us when, when we were on vacation, actually, and asked us if we wanted to set up flu shots for the specific date that they were giving out flu shots. It's actually the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And they set us up, they set the girls up, and then they said, well, you know, are you guys getting flu shots also? And I was like, well, yeah, in theory, but we haven't gotten around to it. And she said, well, we'll give them to you if you want. <laughs> so we got all four of us set up, and they prompted the whole thing. I was so impressed with that. So then we were set up for the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and we went into the doctor this Monday, and... They happened to have gotten the shots in the day before. So they're like, oh, we'll just give you all the shots now. You don't have to come in Saturday. Even better. It was great. <laughs> and Dan and I got the, the flu mist that go up your nose. That was really strange. I've never had one of those before. But way better than a shot. So I'll take it. <laughs> the babies had shots, and they screamed and screamed and screamed. So sad. Okay. So one other thing is I've been looking around for what in the world to do with them in the spring, because I already talked about the swim class, and I don't know if I'm going to continue anything like that. And I looked at, there's a YMCA that's pretty close to us. And they do mommy and me swim classes, but it's from 11 to noon on Tuesday and Thursdays. And I don't think I'm going to be able to work out Dan making that. So I'm not sure that's going to work. And they actually have a mommy and me class that where they do songs and crafts and stuff, but it doesn't start until 18 months. So there is this thing called My Gym, which I guess it depends where you live, if there's one of them near you, but there's a, they're kind of like gymberies, I guess. It's just like a big soft playroom with climbing equipment. And they do sing songs and things like that. And they start the classes for age three month and up. And they offer a twins discount. How great is that? You get 50% off the second kid. And it's not cheap to go. It's like I think it's like $75 for an initial joining fee. And then it's like 150 bucks for the class. It goes like 12 weeks, I think. Um, but that's a lot, even with the 50% discount, especially for this age, something that I feel like it's more for me to get them out of the house and give them something to do than it is like 
for a true learning experience for them. So I don't know. I don't know if I can really justify that to myself. I'm tr still trying to decide about that. But the sad thing is I've been looking around for other stuff, and there's a group called Moms, which is a stay-at-home mom support group kind of thing, and they just do, like, Mommy Me classes with each other. But they're very specific to the regions, and they only serve, like, small areas. And so they want you to get involved with your small area. But, of course, there isn't one right where I live. There's one, you know, 15 minutes to the east, 15 minutes to the west, 15 minutes to the north, but nothing, like, right where I am. And, of course... I'm sure they would love for me to start one, but <laughs> the last thing I need is something else to do. So uh, I guess, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. <laughs> okay, so the last thing I wanted to talk about was my twins article. And this week I found an article that is about a, a couple in the UK that had, they're calling them designer twins. Um, and I guess it's like sparked some controversy that... What happened was they had a set of twins, a boy-girl set, and the girl has cystic fibrosis because both the parents carry the cystic fibrosis gene. And this actually hits a bit of a nerve with me because one of my roommates in college, who's actually like my best friend from college who I still keep in touch with, she has cystic fibrosis. And it's not a pleasant thing to deal with. And it sounds like this couple's daughter actually has, has a really bad version of it as, as well. So they're really been struggling with this disease that this daughter has. And, and my friend, I remember her saying that when she was a child, she was given a life expectancy of 18 years. Now she's my age, so she's like 27, 28 now, and still going strong. I mean, she has definitely lots of medical issues and it affects her on a regular basis, but they've gotten a lot better with medicine and everything, but it's a lot, it's a lot to maintain. She takes a lot of medicine. She has to do a lot of breathing exercises and using nebulizer and that kind of stuff. And the biggest thing is when you get sick, your immune system is just really depleted. So she'll get sick with a cold and end up with pneumonia in the hospital on IV antibiotics. It's just, it's really tough. So anyhow, they have this set of twins with the daughter and they wanted to have more kids, but they wanted to make sure they weren't going to have kids with cystic fibrosis because this is such a rough thing to deal with for the family and for the child. So what they decided to do is they had IVF, but they had selective IVF where they can actually, you, you do the regular IVF thing, but they grow the embryos till they're a couple cells big, and then they take one cell out of each embryo, and they test it for its genes to see if the kid has cystic fibrosis in this case, or whatever else. So they picked embryos that didn't have cystic fibrosis and implanted those, and she ended up with twin boys that are very healthy that don't have cystic fibrosis. And so I think this is great, and this is what modern medicine is for. <laughs> but they're getting a lot of flack for the fact that they they made designer babies, which I think is really an unfair term because it's I consider designer babies to be like, oh, we picked that they had blue eyes and brown hair, and and you know they just chose not to have this disease. I guess it really kind of hits a nerve with me because when Dan and I had the miscarriage, we had this really scary genetic test that came back that showed that the baby had a translocation in its genes, which it's really complicated, but basically you've got your regular pairs of genes, and what happens with the translocation is that 
two different chromosomes break in half and then they switch places so that you end up with all the right genetic materials just not in the right place and it actually isn't a problem for you it's a problem for any potential children you might have in the future so anyway there was this translocation and and it was really complicated but it, but it made it look as though Dan or I probably had a translocation and so therefore we would be the ones having trouble having our own children and one of the ways you can solve this problem is to do this selective IVF so that they would choose the embryos that wouldn't have the translocation problem. So I was like really researching into this and what, how much it cost and what the complications were with it to see if this were really going to be a viable option for us if it turned out that one of us had a problem with our DNA. Now luckily it turned out neither of us had a problem with our DNA so it's not a decision that we had to make. but. I think it's a decision that I would have made and it's funny because before we had the miscarriage I never really thought that I could consider adoption because I thought it would just feel too weird to me and as soon as we had that miscarriage I was like I could see adopting. <laughs> My whole perspective on everything changed when all of a sudden I was faced with the possibility that we weren't going to be able to have children. It just completely rocked my world. and. I was so surprised at how drastically my opinion changed because I'm a pretty like set in my ways kind of person and I really have strong opinions about things and I'm not easily swayed and it just really changed my mind and I, I think it's absolutely wonderful that this family has this option and now they have healthy kids that don't have the cystic fibrosis and they can spend more time treating the disease that their daughter has and I just think it's a wonderful thing and I think opponents to it I'm hoping that opponents to the idea don't really oppose this idea they the idea of like fixing diseases they're more opposed to the idea of picking height and weight and color eye color and more um, cosmetic issues and not health issues so anyway I'll put a link to the article on my website and I guess the natives are getting restless, so I'm hoping I'll get this posted before Thanksgiving and I'll try and be more regular about posting. If you'd like to send a comment or send a funny twin story or something else, please email me at doubletroublepodcast at gmail.com or check out my website, doubletroublepodcast.blogspot.com. I'll uh, talk to you later.